Well, hello, everyone. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. We're going to find out how they create and why, and how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence. On each episode, we introduce to you guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference from the heart. Hi, everybody. So if you're wondering, where's Joshua? They usually do that together. Well, we do. I did it by myself because Joshua is on a retreat. Joshua has taken his staff from Central Florida Community Arts away for their weekly retreat that they do once a year. I should say their yearly retreat that they do for one week. And they're all focusing together to put together their plans and their ideas and dreams for next year to um, make this an even more creative city. So best of luck to all of you out there, Joshua. Don't worry, we'll represent. I am really proud today to represent by having a guest that we're very proud to have on. Um, Let me tell you something about our guest. His name is Rich Taylor. He is an accomplished leader with many chapters in his life that have included live entertainment as a corporate executive, college dean, and a professional entertainer. Director of entertainment for Walt Disney World. I was there when he was vice president for many years. In fact, someone told me they think he was there the longest as vice president. We'll find out. He was responsible for creating Illuminations, Tapestry of Nations, and many more tenured uh, shows at Walt Disney World, and also a tenured professor at his alma mater, University of Oklahoma. Two-time judge at Miss America pageant. I have to ask him if he knows Erica Dunlap. He served on board of Orlando Ballet and Orlando Opera. Rich Taylor is an accomplished leader with career chapters as live entertainment corporate director, college dean, and professional entertainer. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to introduce to you now someone I'm very proud to because I worked under his leadership for many years, and I'm really proud that I have this conversation with him today. I bring to you Mr. Rich Taylor. Welcome, Rich. Hi, Mary. It's great to be here. I am so honored and happy that you said yes to this. I'm thrilled to be here. So my first question to you, sir, is why art? Why art? Why not? (laughs) I think you're, I was born to have to do this. Mm -hmm. I think people who create and are performers or technicians or creative people in the arts, uh, it's inside them somewhere when they're born. And hopefully from school or a teacher or a mentor or a parent, they get a chance for that art to flourish. And that's one of the things I love to champion is trying to help people find their art, mm-hmm. find, find their creative space, find their means to let what's inside of them out to create. And uh, because you have to, it chooses you maybe, but you choose it as well. And so the arts uh, live inside people who have to do it and you can't, uh, you can't get away from it. When I uh, uh, went through early childhood, I was always a singer but I was always into sports. I played football. I was a singing football player, (laughs) uh, which can get you in trouble if you're not careful. But uh, I had a great teacher, a great early mentor. who Singing teacher? Singing teacher. And And how old were you? Choir teacher all through school. Like uh, fourth grade? Fourth grade and on up. Mm -hmm. uh, This person mentored me along the way. She was the high school teacher. Um, And I, she put a brochure in my hand when I was in high school and said, you need to go to this workshop. And it was a choral workshop up in the mountains of Pennsylvania. I'd never been out of Oklahoma, my home state. Wow. And uh, went up there, and it changed my life. That teacher, as teachers do, changed people's lives, especially art teachers, teachers that are creative. Mm-hmm. And I, um, it was with a, a gentleman named Fred Waring and the Pennsylvanians, who was an early choral uh, and radio and television personality that, that really did a lot for me. And I... I really changed my focus because I was a freshman at the University of Oklahoma. I was on the freshman football team. I was going to be a doctor. 
Um, and all of a sudden I thought, I think I want to be in the entertainment business. Wow. And so I went back to school, got out of the med program, uh, got in the arts program, had an amazing dean who mentored me there as well, who because they didn't have a, a degree in sort of being a performer and being in the entertainment business. Mm-hmm. But he crafted sort of this hybrid thing, and I went all the way through it. I started a performing group at the university. I started a talent agency at the university. Um, got to do lots of things. Learned about technical theater. Learned about the creative side uh, in front of the camera and back of the camera. And really changed my whole direction. And then I got back on the road in a bus and truck uh, for nine years after I left college. Uh, started uh, all that. Met my bride, the best singer I ever heard on the road. And uh, traveled away, and, and that was how the arts impacted my early life. And then I couldn't get away from it. It, it, it grabbed me and, and catapulted me forward with the help of a fabulous teacher. And Well, you grabbed it as well. So I want to back up to the fact that you were going to be a doctor, and you went, no, I'm going to go be a singer. You must have had amazingly supportive parents. I had the best parents in the world, and they weren't really in the arts, uh, my dad owned a gas station. My mom worked in the bank. Uh, well, what do you attribute to them having been so open to your decision? Um, they always, my mother always said, it's a good thing you became a leader because you always thought you were anyway. <laughs> um, and as my brother tells the story, my older brother, they used to have family meetings about me, what to do about Richard. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I was always, um, uh, they would find me out singing on the curb outside the house before anybody got awake. Uh, they would find me organizing the local uh, kids into a show in somebody's garage where we'd invite all the parents to come see us do something. And, uh, and they recognized your talent early on? They did, and they just wanted me to be successful at whatever I wanted to be because my brother was very different. He was uh, uh, spoke six languages. He uh, was very highly educated, had a military career. We were about as opposite as we could be. Wow. But I was the, uh, I was the extrovert, and uh, they they nurtured that and encouraged that. And I think that's one thing that helps artists be successful is if you have that mentor or that parent or someone that believes in you mm-hmm. and helps you believe in you too. Mm-hmm. My goodness. So as a child, when you sang and you performed in your garage, what did that do for you? What did it feel like that you got addicted to? Oh, I loved it. I loved uh, the applause. I loved finding new material. I loved... Uh, I love sharing it with people. Uh, it just, I couldn't get away from it. I had, to, I sang in church, I sang in school, I sang, I auditioned for things all over town, and it was fabulous. Um, if you're listening, we're speaking with Rich Taylor, and we are on Magic 107.7 from the heart. Rich, if, um, if someone were to ask your advice on how to support their child who did what you did, perform for the gar- in their garage and always had to sing, how can they support that child and nurture them? Well, I think uh, today they're, I think it's a little harder today because the arts are not in the schools as much as they were when I grew up. When I started in the first grade, we had, we sang or we drew or we did all that. And it was all the way through. You, you took art in junior high school. You took choir. You, it was something you could do that counted. Mm-hmm. And um, I think anymore today, People's creativity sometimes is stifled in what happens in schools and and math and science and 
all that is great, but the arts are important too. Because well, talk about that. Why do you think they are important? Someone out there is listening going, yeah, but you know what? We need people that can fix these computers and get, bring peace to this planet. What are the arts going to do? The arts feed your soul. And uh, I'll give an example and a plug here. Uh, my oldest son, Blake, is a television writer on a brand new CBS show called Salvation. Uh, it aired last night. Two episodes aired last night on Wednesday night. And it's about an asteroid that's going to hit the Earth. And there's a, a wealthy person who has built an ark to take people away and repopulate another world. Um, you need to watch the show. I know. Um, I, I had it in my calendar, but I thought I missed it. It was last <laughs> night. I could have watched it. Sorry. And, and um, an episode last night, he had this very wealthy man who was building this project had, had secured a Gutenberg Bible, had secured an original copy of the Bill of Rights, had, had acquired things in the arts and, and was intent on taking not only scientists and brilliant people and scholars to repopulate the world, but he knew he needed to take people of the arts because it wouldn't be humanity, it wouldn't be the right kind of society, the right kind of new world without the arts. I think um, the arts, as I said, feed the soul. They, uh, without them, Universities aren't great. Without them, cities aren't great. Uh, uh, they give uh, calm. They give inspiration. They give hope. They mm. inspire people. They uh, they make people smile. They they make people laugh. They when we have funerals, they play music. When they celebrate weddings, they play music. Mm -hmm. um, they help us feel and have compassion yes, and empathy. Yes, it is. It's it's a world without the arts would be a very sad place. It's an interesting thing that people might not even realize how influenced they are by art when they think that they're not. But every time they're attracted to a building, there was an artist who de designed it. Oh, uh, buildings or nature or uh, I think artists, creative people have to learn. One of the things they have to learn, I think, is to be observant mm -hmm. uh, because it's all around you. I had uh, a drama teacher in, in college, we would always go to the airport and make up stories about the people that walked by and as what would their character be? Where are they going? What's their story? Mm -hmm. uh, the arts is a lot about a, being a storytelling mm -hmm. endeavor, whether you're telling a story in a painting or a sculpture or a play or mm -hmm. in the music you write. Um, I saw uh, Hans Zimmer on television this morning, the amazing composer who did The Lion King, won the Academy Award for The Lion King. He actually helped oversee the music for Illuminations that, at Tepcot. He had a protege named Gavin Greenaway who wrote that music, and uh, he helped him along with it and made sure it was okay. But they said he, had, he took two weeks of piano lessons and then started writing music. Wow. So someone like that is born to do it. Right. And they have to do it. But think of what that one person, 150 films he scored, has created in the way of amazing feelings about uh, whatever it is the film is. Mm. Film without music mm -hmm. would be, Lion King without songs would be Hamlet, I guess. Illuminations without Hamlet, music. Yes. That would have been horrible. I know. <laughs> if any fireworks without music, it's always more enhanced with music. No, and that's uh, music, art, the art, you just have to have it. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, one of the things that we like to do on this program is uh, every now and then give a little surprise to our guests. So I happen to have some questions from a few people that you know. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, no one in law enforcement, I hope. <laughs> no, we, we took that one out. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. So who shall I start with? 
Well, Jean, Jean Columbus asked us to ask you, how did you and Andy meet? So this is a little bit on your personal side, but I thought that would be interesting. Andy is your wife, and also an artist. Of 37 uh, years. Uh, we're about to have our 37th wedding anniversary. Um, and Jean actually is the reason uh, I'm in Central Florida. Jean Columbus hired me when I was uh, looking for a job. Uh, gave me my first job at Walt Disney World as a stage manager in the Magic Kingdom back in 1980. Wow. When there was one park and two hotels. Oh, my. And uh, a lot of opportunity. Um, but... Andy and I, Andy was, um, uh, I actually auditioned her to be in the show I was in on the road, and it was uh, a vocal show. She was in a group that came and performed for my boss, Fred Waring, at that time, and he said, I really like her, let's audition her. She sounded great, sang great, looked great, and uh, he offered her a job, and uh, we met on the road, and we really started out being friends, and uh, as those things happened, I guess you'd call that a showmance. Yes, uh, a showmance, yes. And... uh, really found uh, my soulmate and the love of my life and the, and the best singer I've ever heard. Oh, that's great. And the most thrilling singer I've ever heard because she just tells the story. She tells the story. The other person that asked me to ask you about that was Steve Britton to ask you about uh, Fred Waring and also how you met Andy. So. Yeah, and, and uh, you know, we've known so many great people in the arts community here. Steve's one of them, Gene's one of them. They just are people who, uh, who love what they do, love Orlando, love mm-hmm. Central Florida, and invest however they can, back in supporting or being a part of the art scene here. Well, when we come back, we're going to find out a little bit more about how you are now also a part of the art scene with your business. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Rich Taylor, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. Thank you for joining us on From the Heart. And welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, sitting in alone without Joshua Vickery. And that's all right. He'll be back next week. I'm not really alone because I'm with someone who I've respected and admired for many years, Mr. Rich Taylor, who led our department through so many great times during the years he was there when I was, and is now back in Orlando, and we're so glad he is. Um, Rich, you're working with Rich Imagination, which is a business you've put together with entertainment. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we've, we uh, after I left Disney, which was in about... Uh, about 10, 12 years ago almost, I was uh, really just going to relax for a while mm-hmm. because I uh, was really there during the golden time of creating a lot of new things and had the world's best entertainment team in the, to do those things. Um, and I got a call from my alma mater that had a job for me. And uh, they wanted me to come and be in charge of the musical theater program. So long story short, I went back to college Hmm. Uh, I lived on campus in a cottage. Did uh, you really? Was that a tough decision to make? It was sort of a one-year trial Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, didn't know whether higher education. I talked to Gene Columbus, Mm -hmm. one of my mentors, and said, what do you think about this? You have nothing to lose. He said, you go see what college is all about. And so I went back and and did that for a year. I bought a puppy. I I took the dog to school, a golden retriever. I took him to school every day uh, and really fell in love with young people, mm. their passion, their talent, mm-hmm. their energy in the arts. Um, 
And the next year, the president of the university asked me to be the dean of the college of five different schools, School of Music, Art, Dance, Drama, and Musical Theater. Wow. And also be the executive producer of all the projects there. So, And we produced about 350 performances a year of one thing or another, whether it was a ballet or an opera or or uh, musicals or plays or, or concerts. And really had an amazing eight-year experience there of, of making a difference, I think, mm-hmm. for, for young basically kids who are the future of the arts. That, that probably that felt really good to you. Did. You wore many hats. And and the knowledge you could impart, the mentoring you did, uh, several of our kids are on Broadway now. They're, they're doing greater in technical theater. Uh, they're just, it just, I didn't know that was what I was supposed to do next. Mm-hmm. But the arts and luck and passion and maybe the good Lord led us to doing that. And mm-hmm. we, we loved that. But our time there had kind of come and gone, and uh, uh, we decided it was time to come back to Orlando. We had kept our house when we left um, and, and, and came back about two years ago, two-plus years ago, and started a consulting business that we call Rich Imagination. I can credit my wife for helping with that name, my son helping with the logo. It's clever. Um, <laughs> he is. That's my TV writer. Uh, my other son flies F-16 fighter jets. He's, wow. very, he's a very different uh, creative guy, too. Like you and your brother. <laughs> um, and so, um, uh, and we started this consulting business really to do whatever we could to help people in the arts, mostly. Uh, I've had a tremendous career in all types of entertainment business and in all types of leadership roles. And I really used to try to instill in my students, I said, you can't, just don't be a bit player. Be the hero of your own story. Mm. Be somebody who's a leader in the arts. Take the lead. Don't sit back and let somebody else do it. And we talked a lot about leadership and about what it takes to be a leader, what it takes to be successful. And so that's a lot of what Rich Imagination is about. We have several projects we've been doing. We did a leadership workshop out at the USITT convention recently. We've uh, working on a new musical with a songwriter friend of mine that's uh, um, quite interesting. Mm. Uh, I've got a couple of convention things. I've done some speeches at different universities about leadership and my leadership journey. That's, that's one thing I wanted to ask you about, too, how the arts influenced your leadership style. I know you consider yourself a servant leadership. I, I do. It's, um, I think um, your leaders have to have, I believe, about five different things to be a successful leader. Leaders have to have vision. They have to see things that never have been. You think of a Walt Disney, you mm-hmm. think of a Stephen Jobs that, you know, 10 years ago we didn't have an iPhone. People think of things that are new and different. Uh, they also have to have reality. They also have to understand what you can accomplish, what you can do. That's the creative director as well as the producer mm-hmm. in you, and those are opposites. And so great leaders have to have a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to have leadership, you have to have vision, reality, you have to have values, I believe. And that's sometimes the hardest thing for people to have. You have to be able to be someone people trust, some be that people would follow, people be of character, people that, who who uh, take the high road, mm. you know, those values. Walk the talk. Yeah, you know, it, and it's hard uh, to do that. Vision, reality, values, um, courage. You have to fight for what you believe in and for the people you believe in and for... Uh, ideas that you think are the right thing to do, to do the right thing. Leaders have to learn to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Was and, that hard for you at times, ever? N- not really. I think my parents gave me that moral compass inside mm-hmm. that you try to do the right. And, and to do the right thing, you have to listen. 
and you have to learn, mm. and then you have to do the right thing. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people just think they're right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the la- the fifth one is the thing that uh, I learned later in life. You, you have to have vision, reality, values, courage. You have to have balance if you have to have a, if you want to have a real life. Mm. I've told my students, and I told I'll tell anybody that you have to have priorities. What you put first, mm-hmm. and those priorities have to be something that when they get out of balance, uh, and a lot of people on the way up uh, work too hard. They, they don't think what's important. They burn out. If they have relationships, they don't take care of them. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, your job needs to come second, at least, mm-hmm. to what, what it is in your life that's important to you. So will you name those five points again? It's vision, reality, values, eth- uh, courage, and balance. I want to tell you something. As an improviser, those are five things that are very important for a scene that has legs. I, I don't know if you know this or not, but when I went, wasn't sure if I was going to stay in performing or not, I went back to school to get a degree, and the leadership course sounded interesting. Mm-hmm. Every time I'd have an aha moment, I think I drove my professors crazy, and God bless them, they were such teachers to me. <laughs> it was another, another rule of improv. And so I'm hearing you, I'm like, Dr. David, Dr. Lonham, <laughs> I'm still right. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's common sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's, a lot of it's just common sense mm-hmm. of, of, of be somebody that people want to follow, you know, somebody that people believe in. And, and you have to believe in yourself too, but you're, you're not in it by yourself. You know, it takes, especially in the theater or in the arts, um, it's kind of a team sport a lot of the time. Yes. You're listening to Magic 107.7 FM from the heart. You know why I said yes? Because I was saying yes to my partner, and you knew to wait, and that was teamwork. Okay, that's my segue. (laughs) Sometimes that's as good as it gets. (laughs) Um, Go on. So, yes, about the balance and about the teamwork, collaboration. Well, well, teamwork. We taught uh, and having a process for success, too. When I first went to the University of Oklahoma, I tried to instill in our students that if you're the lead in the show or you're the uh, stagehand backstage, you have equal importance. Mm. Because without that stagehand backstage that pulls the curtain, you may never get on. Mm -hmm. Or the person who has the control of the microphone, like Tom does here, if he turns that off, we're not a show here. Mm -hmm. We're we're a team doing this today. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, process was very important. When I first went to the university, there was no process for getting the work done. So shows were over budget, or they were, uh, everyone was burnt out, and uh, they would not tell people, they weren't collaborative in how they were working on what they were even going to choose to do so that everybody could weigh in, can we do that, can we do it for the money, can we get it done on time? So we instilled processes in there that we all marched to, that we, that everyone helped create the process Mm -hmm. that they could, and was it the one I would have mandated? No. But as a team, we developed our norms, our goals, and how we're going to get the work done. And then they fought to do that because they had ownership of it. Mm-hmm. And we created a culture that was uh, sharing and respectful of each other and that everybody knew their job and they had to be accountable. Uh, and uh, nobody wanted to let somebody down. So the teamwork of creating a show, creating a project, creating a concert, uh, the responsibility lay with every person that, had, that would touch it mm. one way or another. That's a great way to also lead a team so everyone feels they have input. Yesterday I had the fortune of going to hear Joe Rohde speak over at Maingate. Sure. And I was so inspired. I was jazzed all day yesterday. Um, and then thinking I was going to meet you today. Like, I have a good life. I've known Joe a long time. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But he talked about that collaboration. 
And he talked about once you know what your theme is, what your objective is, the rest just does it fit under that. And then we work it out together. Yes, and ideas do come from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And you have to listen for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how has um, your artistic side, being an artist and having sung and been around artists, how has that helped your leadership style? or How has it helped you as a leader? I think uh, people who are performers, because I started out as a performer, uh, are a lot of people are nervous about getting up in front of people and talking or getting up and communicating with people. Uh, and so uh, those things that you learn in being on stage help you present well, mm-hmm. help your manage your voice, manage your actions, manage your eye contact, um, how you dress, how you look, to, for, to play the part of whatever it is you're trying to do uh, to get your points across. Uh, in the very first few seconds when you meet people, or you talk to people, or you're trying to get your points out, off, they will, they will know instantly whether they're interested or whether they're going to keep listening to you. It's like it's like uh, uh, walking into a house. You know, in the first 15, 20 seconds, you'll know whether you're interested in buying that house mm-hmm. because of the street appeal or how it looks or how it feels. So those first impressions yeah. are very yeah. important. That's something Joe said yesterday about we are feeling creatures, and and everything that he makes is to make you feel a certain way. I think maybe as artists, because we deal with people's emotions or we communicate on that level, um, and then uh, you as a leader, even the fact that you would um, be a quote-unquote servant leader who, who clears the way and helps you do your job, that's because you're caring about someone and yes. their well-being. Well, you have to care about people. You know, people, if you're kind to people, uh, you can be strong and still be kind. Uh, uh, you have to respect people, and uh, you can get a lot more done that way. People used to ask me, too, how do you know if your show's successful, at Disney especially? Uh, we developed a very simple thing, if I can remember what it is. <laughs> um, uh, because uh, successful shows have to, be, have to first have some kind of emotion. They have to touch you in some way. And that's what the arts do. They touch people in whatever way. You may like it, you may hate it, mm-hmm. but they touch you. Mm-hmm. They, secondly, they have to be well-detailed. Because quite often it's the thing that's out of sync the microphone didn't work, mm-hmm. the, something's not right, it's what you notice. And so it's all about focus. Mm-hmm. So the details are very important. Um, if I can remember the third one. It's uh, You have to be true to the brand, whatever your brand is, whatever your vision. And in Disney, that's what very important. You need to, Disney needs to be mm-hmm. Disney. And uh, those kind of things are important to, to be successful as Even a Even as a person, too. Yes. Yeah, yes. to remember what your values are, what for you sure. stand for. For sure. I like that. Um, well, let me tell you another question that I have for you. Oh, boy. And it was thanks to Sherry Croft that we actually had Joe Rohde, so I will ask you her question. And her question was, how did you, how did your time with Disney inform you how to see the rest of the world from the other side of the fence? Well, I think... And for those of you listening, Sherry Croft is now Manager, Entertainment, Talent, and Development Director at Walt Disney World. I think when you, uh, I started at Disney a long time ago when uh, it was still sort of a family-owned company, and uh, I know when I fir- got my very first job, I could try, try to tell you that story too. It's because uh, I sent a resume. Uh, I'll make it short. Gene saw it. He called me, uh, did an over-the-phone interview for about an hour and a half, which was very odd. Asked me things about lighting instruments and audio equipment and problem solving and people skills. 
they brought me in. Uh, he said, well, we want to do a job interview with you. And I said, great. He said, we want you to come tomorrow. And I was in Oklahoma, and so I flew to Florida in uh, July. I had my best, unfortunately, my uh, interview suits on when I came. <laughs> and the car picked me up, and the first interview, they said, we're going uh, to see the president of the company first. They took me from the airport to see Bob Allen's. The very next day. The, the day I arrived. Wow. And um, walked in, and there was... Uh, Bob and two other senior vice presidents and sat there and just talked for 45 minutes. And they said, why don't you wait outside? And uh, so I waited outside and uh, the guy with the car came and said, we're going to take you to the hotel and uh, uh, you'll be here to do your interviews. And I saw Gene the next day. I did four days of interviews. I got the job. But I learned later that if I hadn't gotten past that first interview of being a right fit for the culture and for the what I could bring to Disney as well as what I was willing to believe about buying into the culture. They had a plane ticket to send me back home that day. The, wow. the car would have taken me back to the airport, wow. and I would have gone home because that that those values and that culture was so important. So part of what I learned uh, at Disney that that has served me well later is the importance of a culture that's creative, that's uh, understanding, that's supportive, that's uh, kind. Uh, that's helpful, that's, that's hardworking uh, to get the best product done, to get the job done. I'm smiling right now because when I talk to different people, those are the words that they use to describe you. I'm not kidding. Wow. <laughs> Friends, we will be right back with Rich Taylor. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt from The Heart. And welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, sitting in for Joshua Vickery all by myself. We miss you, Joshua, but can't wait to see you next week. I am today with, I'm so excited, with uh, Rich Taylor, who was vice president when I was there at Walt Disney World. I heard the longest sitting vice president of entertainment at Walt Disney World. But Rich was always the extremely handsome and very kind man that just felt like he came down with wings and said, hello, welcome. <laughs> you did. I used to I used to host this morning thing, um, magic music mornings for the high school students that were okay. coming to play with their band or their choir. And you always had a message for them that would come on this big screen. We'd introduce you as a host, and I'd say, "And please welcome Rich Taylor." And they'd go crazy. <laughs> it was like you know, I don't know, Paul McCartney in my day, or you know. No, I've just been blessed all through my life in in the arts and entertainment to to be in the right place at the right time to have people that would help me. You uh, found your calling. And mentor me, and I, God gave me some talent, and uh, uh, it's been great. Mm -hmm. I have met some young ones since those days that now work at the company because of that series. So That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, and that's what I learned as an educator, and as you, know, you, you invest in people, and hopefully you're touching other lives mm -hmm. in, in this, so one way or the other. People you'll never no, uh, you know, you plant a tree, you'll never know who'll sit under the shade someday. Oh, I like that. You plant a tree and you'll never know who'll sit under the shade someday. Oh, my goodness. Hopefully not a union worker who's not doing it on their scheduled time <laughs> off. We'll see. <laughs> 
Well, I have a few more questions from sure. some other people. I'm going to start with w- three questions that your wife, Andy, gave us to give to you. And I told her I would love to have both of you on sometime. That'd be great. Talk about uh, couples that have grown up in the arts. Well, Andy's tremendously talented. She's an mm-hmm. uh, uh, amazing performer. She was in the original Top of the World show at uh, Disney. She was a Slewfoot Sue. She was in the original Voices of Liberty. She had her own nightclub show at uh, Hyatt Regency Grand Cypress back years ago. And uh, just an amazing, warm, wonderful person. And, and even when we went to the University of Oklahoma, uh, she became the manager of the visitor center mm. uh, who welcomed all the new students, the incoming people who wanted to go to OU there, the young students from school tours. She managed the entire visitor's operation. So she has, she's multi-talent. She manages me at home as well, too. <laughs> and uh, she's the reason. Uh, you know, talk about success and why you're successful. Uh, I married the right soprano. Okay, you should see his smile on his face talking about his bride of how many years? 37. 37. Yeah, we're going on that too. Wow, Rich. So what's your secret to a marriage that long? Um, well, you have to find the right person. Mm-hmm. You have to uh, listen to them. You have to understand them. You have to both have time together and apart. You have to do adventuresome things. Uh, you have to be flexible. Uh, you have to care about the other person, mm. and you, and you're in it together. You don't. There's no manual for marriage. I don't think. No, every people t- people write books, but you <laughs> yeah. you have to value and respect each other, and uh, you got to be in it for the long haul. Why get married if it's not what, not uh, something you want to do the rest of your life? I I always think it's you become family. I can never say you're not my sister anymore. You're, you're no. always my sister, so you're always my husband. Your family. Yep. I'm with you thick or thin. Good for you. Well, she speaks glowingly of you, too. And here are her three questions. I'll start one at a time. The first question is, you enjoy long-term success in your professional and personal life. In your estimation, what did you do that had the greatest impact on that outcome? I think um, I tried to support people and listen to people and learn from people and understand people because uh, all by yourself as a performer is pretty lonesome as a executive as a creative person as a college dean or professor uh, it's all about the people that you put around you and the people that you share things with and the people that you do things for if you're a leader uh, I think valuing the relationships of whether it's your wife or whether it's your friends uh, I'm going to two 50th reunions, one of my fraternity pledge class and one mm. of my high school uh, next month. Wow. And uh, um, seeing those people again, I've been in touch with so many of them still to mm-hmm. this day. It's important. The people are important to me. And I think that's why I'm successful because of the people I've known and the people who've helped me. You put people first, too, I can tell. Yeah. Good for you. Second question from your dear wife is, is there anything you would have done differently in hindsight? No, because uh, I think if you try to redo things, you'll mess them up. I think uh, uh, I was almost a lot of things. You can think about decisions you almost made in mm-hmm. your life mm-hmm. that, looking back, would have been totally wrong. Uh, and sometimes people make decisions for you. Uh, you know, I, I often tell students and tell that people in my leadership talks that you know uh, your job has to be a means for you to have a life. Don't let it be the other way around, that your job is your life. Mm-hmm. And um, as long as you... Uh, 
So if your job is a means for you to have a life, what do you define your life as? What are you living for? Um, I live for my wife and my kids and my new grandbaby, William. Congratulations. Uh, who's fabulous, our first one. And uh, I think you're supposed to do good things and invest in other people. And that's what, uh, uh, when you're at Disney and you're doing great shows, you're investing in the fun that all these millions of guests will come see. And they're still come seeing those shows that we worked on back mm -hmm. then, Illuminations or Fantasmic. Or, and I think you, you invest in people uh, at a university so that they're the future of the arts and so that they'll have a career or they'll impact people or they'll um, make somebody have a great emotional impact someday. And mm -hmm. so those are the things I think are important. Who or what still inspires you today and why? I think um, I love great music. Mm -hmm. inspires me because I'm a musician at heart. Uh, I love when... My kids do something successful that inspires me that I know we did a good job, Andy and I. Um, when I see people being successful, uh, it inspires me, especially people I had something to do with. I know several of the kids that we worked with at the University of Oklahoma are in Broadway shows or they're touring. That inspires me that we had some little piece of impacting them to make their life better. Nice. Um, I have another question here. And the reason why you see me looking on my iPhone is because it's from Lee Cockrell, so I don't want to not get this question in. <laughs> He's so wonderful. Yes, I was late to Lee's time management class. Were you? Yes. I came in with a sandwich, and I was running late. <gasps> and I'm sure he uses that anymore. No, he didn't. He didn't, but tell us about it. No, I was just late. I was usually late because uh, I had something else going on. Did he give you grief? A little. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. He, he's a great mentor and a great friend. Oh, that's, that's beautiful to say. Well, I could tell by the way he wrote right back. Um, okay, so this is what he wrote. What are you most proud of while, for the, at the time while you were at Disney? And he also said, contact me in November to talk about doing your show. No. <laughs> Good. That's <laughs> Lee. That's to me. He may have I'm a so new sorry. book coming out. Um, um, what, are you, what are you most proud of while you were at Disney? Um, I think there's probably three things you get proud of. You're proud of fabulous shows that you get to be a part of. Mm -hmm. uh, those giant parades or Super Bowl halftime shows or whatever they are. Th because those are gigantic team efforts. The super t that, that's with, with Greg Triggs, right? Yep. One of my best friends ever. Yep. But you're also proud of, of the impact you make when uh, you do something special for a Give Kids the World family that come came to Walt Disney World and you were able to do something behind the scenes or something special with a character, that's powerful mm. and meaningful. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, um, no, I think that's, give me the question one more time. Sure. Um, I'm going to read it From to you Lee. just as he wrote it. Excuse me. I had one more thing. All right. So while you're thinking about that, he wrote, what are you most proud of while you were at Disney? Yet the, the final thing is that uh, it, with help from Lee uh, and Ron Logan and uh, uh, other key leaders, uh, at one point, about 11 years before I left the company, the, Al Weiss came to us and, and wanted us to put entertainment together. The company had grown so large. Uh, there were six different entertainment groups that really didn't work together, didn't cooperate, didn't share things. Mm. Uh, there were, each park had their own, the conventions had their own, the special events had their own. 
And uh, the charge was to put entertainment back together again, to be more efficient, more creative, and more nimble. And so uh, we were able to do that over the course of a year. Uh, and at the end of that, for whatever reason, they put me in charge of all of that. And I think being able to build an organization that really was put together to do those successful giant productions, because we weren't and we were all separate, that's one of the most things I'm the most proud of, that we were able to become one organization mm. uh, and really in, in a thing that became the golden age of entertainment at Disney, of live entertainment. Because uh, back then, there, I think about Epcot sometimes with all the entertainment was there when we opened. And, and lots of times there's entertainment Tapestry. because there wasn't enough, uh, there weren't enough attractions yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that, those, we loved those days because mm-hmm. they needed more bands or more singers or and more actors. performance of actors mm-hmm. on the street. It was mm-hmm. more characters. Yeah. It was all great. It was, it was. And it's still growing in its own way for different generations. Yes, but, it is. Um, but I certainly appreciated change, those Change things. is good. Change is good. It's all there is. Might as well be good, right? Yeah, <laughs> got to get ahead of it. <laughs> I remember the first day of leadership class, uh, our teacher asked, what is change? And we all talked about it, talked about it. He goes, change is leading people, um, leadership is leading people through change. And I went, oh, I hate change. <laughs> change is great. You go first. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how wonderful. Thank you, Lee, for those questions. Making sure I got everybody's question in here. Oh, I appreciate them. Mm-hmm. I know. Remembering and, and being kind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you are. They are there. So thank you to everyone who asked a question of you. Um, so, Lee, what next? What's I next? I called you Lee. Forgive you did. me. That's good. Um, <laughs> That's a, you just got upgraded. I um, think uh, I'm hoping to find ways to invest in the arts community myself. I've... Uh, I've uh, looked at a few opportunities, uh, was fortunate enough to be in the, uh, uh, a bit in the group that, that helped put uh, Beautiful Together together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, I'm on the Blockbuster Committee uh, that Terry has in the, to try to figure out some big event to do here in Orlando that would bring lots of focus on our arts community. I want to find the right ways to help, mm-hmm. uh, uh, whether it's a small way or a big way, and because uh, I think I've learned a lot in 45 years about mm-hmm. what makes a good show, and uh, and I just I just love it back in Orlando. Orlando is the city beautiful. This the beautiful new Dr. Phillips Center. I mean, we all have to be ready okay. for when that comes, and we have to support not only that, but the rep and the symphony and the ballet and the opera, the opera and the community arts and mm-hmm. all these Great groups because project. because if if one arts organization isn't healthy. We're all not healthy, mm-hmm. so we all have to help support it financially, or just go, mm-hmm. go to the art, go see something you've never seen before, because mm-hmm. uh, it'll do good for you. Go see something you've never seen before. I love that. Do that if you're listening right now. Think in terms of something that you read. Uh, Orlando at Play. We tell you about that every week because it just gives you a plethora of choices of what you can make to go see something. Go see something you wouldn't see for that very reason alone, and and let us know what you think. Um, well, we've got closing words now for you now, so. Someone out there is thinking, well, I'll go do something, but I don't know what. Give them some motivation. If they feel uncomfortable, they haven't walked in a theater since they were a kid. What should they do? Well, first go to something you really would love to see, whether mm-hmm. it's a visiting concert or a, even if it's a sporting event. Sports, mm-hmm. sports is entertainment. If mm-hmm. you haven't gone to the soccer game, go to the soccer game. Mm-hmm. But go to something. Go mm-hmm. see something where it's with an audience, with a group, and then analyze what you saw and why you liked it or why you didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Learn something about your emotions and how what arts you love. Go to the Arts Museum. We have some great museums here in town, and they have new things that come all the time. 
Go to the colleges. Go to UCF and see their production. There's something to do every day. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot uh, of it is free. And don't watch TV. You know, you can you can watch it later. Unless it's your son's. Unless it's Salvation on Wednesday nights. At What's happening this Wednesday? Nine o'clock. Well, it's, uh, I can't tell you. Uh, I know a little bit, but they're, <laughs> they're, they're going after the Russians and... Uh, uh, it's a good time to do that. Ouch, that's too close to home. Okay. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> There's no, we've had no collusion whatsoever. <laughs> Rich, this brings us to the end of our time. I can't thank you enough for this conversation. It's been a joy. Oh, it's been a joy. With all those years I worked for you and now talking with you now, it's like full circle. Support the arts. You're here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Uh, we will be back next week. Josh will be back with us. And we wish you a wonderful week from the heart. Mm-hmm.